You're listening to the Redeemer London podcast. For more information, visit our website at redeemerlondon.org. The fruit of the Spirit is goodness, like a sprinkler system in the height of summer, like a cold compress on a bruised, sore head, like gentle air con on a humid night, like a heated blanket on a cold child's bed like an unexpected place offered at the table, like a smile of recognition from an old thought-lost friend. May your goodness, Lord, flow undiminished through me Mm. to whoever comes round the next bend. May your sweet goodness be my signature tune. May it always be following me. May my friends taste and see that you are good and know for themselves your good mercy. Hey church, today we're reading from Galatians chapter 5 verses 16 to 26. So I say, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you're led by the spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Great, good morning. Um, it's changed around a bit here. It's Nikki. I am Pete's wife. I'm part of the leadership of the church and I, it's my privilege to be speaking to you today. And we're in this series at the moment looking at cultivating the fruit of the spirit and the importance of this collective fruit being visible in us. The fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control and when we're full of the spirit and we're being led by the spirit it causes these virtues these characteristics to naturally albeit gradually grow and develop within us it's all about life by the spirit and this week we're going to be looking at goodness what do we mean by goodness what does goodness look like Are you a good person? Am I a good person? And what determines that? Is it morality? Is it people who keep the law? They follow government advice in lockdown, unlike some politicians that we're not naming. But you know, you're a law-abiding citizen. Does that make you good? Or is it legacy? Is it people who leave the world a better place? You know, they fight for the big issues. 
People like Mother Teresa, who self-sacrificially gave herself for the work of the poor, or Martin Luther King Jr., who was the American activist fighting for civil rights. Surely making your life count, does that make you good? Or is it comparative? You know, many of us might see our life a bit like a pair of scales, and as long as we do more good things than bad, then we'll be okay. Or we compare ourselves with other people, particularly those who aren't doing as well as us. After all, if they're not doing so well, it paints us in a better light. I might get this wrong, but at least I'm not as bad as that person. But we know as Christians that our comparison should not be horizontal. It shouldn't be with others, but it should be with God. It should be vertical, since we know from the Bible that God is the one who is good. And when we compare ourselves to God, we probably recognise that in and of ourselves, we are not good. It says in Romans 7, 18 to 19, For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I don't want to do, this I keep on doing. And that can be so true, can't it? We can start the day well, we can read our Bibles, we can think, oh, we're doing so well. And then before we know it, We've lost our temper in the car getting to work mm -hmm. and then we've lied to a colleague to get ourselves out of, out of a fix and it's probably only 9.30. And you know, we can get so frustrated with ourselves. We can think, is being good even possible? Well, the good news is that we are made in the image of God. And since God is good, we all have the potential and the capacity for goodness. It comes from the spirit of God living in us. He is the source of all goodness. So when we think about what is goodness, we know that goodness is God. Yes. Sometimes at church we say, God is good all of the time. All, all of the time, time, God is good. And this is so true. It's something that is frequently and fundamentally stated throughout the Bible. You know, in Psalm 119, 68, it says, you are good and yes. what you do is good. It is the very essence of who God is. Everything else that we believe about God is centred around this truth, that God is good. Everything good originates with him. In James 1, 17, it says, all good gifts come yes. from God. And I don't know what's happening in your life right now. Maybe you have a job, maybe you don't. Maybe your relationships are working out or not. Maybe God's not answering your prayers in the way that you want. But the truth is that God is still good and God does what is good. I wonder if we believe that. Even when bad things happen, God can use it for good. There's a story in the Bible about a man named Joseph. He had some pretty big challenges in life. He was hated by his brothers. He was sold into slavery. He was wrongly accused of misconduct, thrown into prison. Finally, he is rescued and he is promoted to prime minister to govern the whole nation's food supply. And when his brothers finally come to meet him, he, 
He could have been bitter. He could have been arrogant. He could have been seeking revenge. But he said to them in Genesis 50, 20, it says, you intended to harm me, mm. but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. And Joseph could recognize God's goodness in the bigger story. Actually, God, what was could be perceived as a bad situation, God used for good and for his purposes. And that doesn't mean that evil in and of itself is good, but it does mean that God's goodness is sovereign. Yes. God is in control of every situation and God is good. And since God is good, the more we have of God in our lives by his Holy Spirit, the more we're going to become like him in our thoughts, in our speech, in our attitudes, in our actions. It's going to grow in us because it flows from God. Okay, so what is at the heart of goodness? What does it look like for us to be good and do good? I'm going to suggest two things. The first is that goodness is authentic. Many commentaries liken it to the word integrity. It's about being good. And secondly, it's active. It's not just resisting evil, but it's about pursuing, about doing good. So firstly, it is authentic. It's, it's a way of being that is transparent. It's a bit like this glass of water. It's pure. What you see is what you get. That's what integrity means. A bit like Daniel in the Bible, he was described as having a spirit of excellence, as being trustworthy. There was no corruption in him. He was committed to doing the right thing just because it was the right thing to do, despite the consequences. He wasn't just going to take the easy way out. Goodness is like that. It's not just external. It's just not just an outward appearance. Brennan Manning, who is the author of um, the book Ragamuffin Gospel, says the temptation of the age is to look good without being good. And I can find that's true. Sometimes you think, actually, you can do good things to feel better about yourself or because you're worried about what other people think. And it's more about impressing others than doing the right thing. Actually, that's artificial goodness. It's much like the religious leaders or the Pharisees were like in the Bible. And Jesus called them out on this. He said, you Pharisees, Pharisee, you, you um, hypocrites, sorry. And hypocrites is just play acting. It's when you preach one thing, but you do another. Mm. And to be fair, I think it's probably something that we all struggle with at times. Goodness, on the other hand, it requires a truthfulness, an absolute consistency, a sameness in every situation, from place to place, from person to person, in private and in public. I think some of us, we can be, be so full of morals at home and then we're just totally different people at work, you know, especially if we're out with colleagues, wondering too many, coarse language, or... We're exemplary at work, you know, we're just always key to impress the boss. And then at home, we're just horrible. There is a lack of sincerity. 
I don't know if you've seen the film um, Catch Me If You Can. I love it. It's based on a true story on the life of Frank Abagnale, who is the biggest phonely you can imagine. And he ends up deceiving so many people. He poses as a fake pilot, a fake doctor, a fake lawyer, and he forges millions of fake checks. Um, and after a spell in prison, he's actually employed by the FBI because he's so good at fraud um, and so good at deceiving people. And it might not be to the same extent, but I think, you know, so many of us can find it easy to deceive others and to be slightly fake in situations. To be good is to be authentic, to be real, to have a good and a pure heart, a transparency about us. Mm. And this can only come through the Holy Spirit working in us. And secondly, goodness is active. It plays out in the world in which we live. When God created the world, it was good, it was perfect, it was as he intended. But then our independence from God's plan brought sin and with it evil and brokenness. And so part of goodness is bringing things back to the way that God intended them to be, restoring the brokenness. In Matthew 5, 13, it says, you are the salt of the earth, the light of the world. And we can see brokenness all around us. You know, you only have to watch the news to see this. And in the midst of it, God wants us to be like salt and light, to be different, to be distinctive. You know, salt was used in ancient times to preserve meat, to stop the rot in it, uh, to keep it good. And light, it, it's like a beacon, it shows the way. It's, it's like a warning to others. And we become like this when we live lives that reflect the goodness of a God who cares for the broken, of a God who cares for those in need. When we're compassionate, when we're committed to justice and speaking out, whether it's abortion or racism or fostering or abuse, it's a deep desire not to allow the world to stay as it is, but to see change. It's actually confrontive and really powerful. It's not something that's bland and tame. Mm. In lockdown, we have watched the film Just Mercy, also based on a true story, slightly more inspiring to be like this person. It's uh, the true story of Brian Stevenson, who is a black lawyer who fights tirelessly for people on death row in the United States. Either people that have been wrongly condemned or they can't afford proper representation. And you watch it and he just has this ruthless determination about him. And, you know, when I watch it, I think, do I have the same determination in my life? I think no matter who we are, we all have the potential for justice where we are. I read a book recently, it was a great one, Ken Whitsmer, um, it's called Pursuing Justice, and he says it starts, justice starts with the small things, to value others and to focus more on your responsibilities than your rights. And I think in an entitlement culture where we're so self-centred, this can be a challenge, actually to think about other people and to look to serve them in terms of our time and our money and our energy. 
this is what goodness looks like in action. At the end of the day, doing good is our mandate. We see Paul underlining this throughout the letters in the New Testament. They're not the means of salvation, but they are the purpose of it. Ephesians 2, 8 to 10 says, for it's by grace that you've been saved. It's not, it's through faith and it's not of yourselves, but it's a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we're God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Doing good doesn't save us. If you're thinking that getting right with God is about you being good enough, that's not the case. The Bible says the only way that we can be right with God is because of Jesus and what he has done for us. He lived the perfect life for us. We're saved through faith in him. Good works don't save us, but they are what we are saved for. In Titus 3.14, Paul writes, devote yourselves to doing what is good. And as we allow the Holy Spirit to change our hearts to being good, our desire to do good, it's going to reflect the gospel. You know, the gospel is this wonderful story of God's love and goodness to his people. It shows how the goodness of God overcame all the evil of Satan. Every lie, every abuse, every adultery, every murder, every theft, every injustice, every wrong that you and I have ever done and every wrong that's ever been done to us. He bore it in himself in the form of his son, Jesus. And he defeated death when he rose again. The cross is the ultimate expression of the goodness of God. And goodness has this incredible power, therefore, to show the truth of the gospel living in us. Since we can only be good because of him. C.S. Lewis, who's a Christian author and theologian, said the Christian does not think God will love us because we are good, but that God will make us good because he loves us. God is the only one that can make us good. He's the one that brings the transformation. Goodness comes from him. So what is goodness? Goodness is God. Goodness is authentic and goodness is active. So let's, let's allow God's goodness to flow in and through us by his Holy Spirit helping us to be authentically good and actively good in our workplaces, in our communities and in our relationships to the glory of God.